In the Round podcast. You got Matt and Tyler. What's up? Hanging out. Today we are in Hermitage, Tennessee, a suburban area of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we're recording an episode with our good buddy, Mr. Matt Skinny McKinney. We'll get to that here in a second. Tyler, we got to tell him about our favorite sponsor. Yeah, Trailside CBD Emporium. Yes, sir. Trailside CBD Emporium. I've uh, been enjoying it a lot on the road with our buddy Trey Lewis and uh, enjoying it. I mean, hey, the, the word continues to grow. Um, I use a lot of products. Tyler's been using a lot of the products. Matt, I got a question. What's up? When you were a kid, what was your favorite candy? Oh, jeez. I'll tell you what. I mean, now I would say that it is Skittles growing up. I, I was a Butterfinger Heath Bar guy, you know? I understand that, but we got these amazing Skittles. And if you love Skittles growing up, you're really going to love these Skittles. They are Delta 8 THC, 12 milligrams a piece, and they make you feel great. Oh, they're awesome. Uh, we're going to sample some with our guests today. Uh, we very much enjoy them. It's one of the many great products that they have. Uh, you get a, you can get them online um, through trailsidecbd.com. You use the promo code ITR at checkout, 20% off. They've also got Delta 8 dabs. They've got tons of great CBD products. They've got Delta 8 flour. They've got other Delta 8 edibles. We're going to be trying some Nerds Ropes here soon. Uh, and, yeah, the Nerds Ropes, those are 200 milligrams a piece. So those those are going to take take me and you to cloud nine. I remember being like a kid and ordering those things at football games. Yeah. Do, oh, these these ones are special. Can't um, eat four of them, though, this time. No, you cannot eat four. You'll eat four of them. You'll be, your big ass will be on the ground. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, for real, guys, check out our friends at Trailside CBD. Uh, use the promo code ITR. They've also got a rewards program, a mailing list, free shipping if you use the promo code. All kinds of good shit. Our boy Andrew and his team, they are hooking you up. Also, tomorrow night, we've got a writer's round. We're doing a special edition. Um, our man, Terry Adams, Big Dick Terry, as we call him. Shit you not, his, 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 you know what, is about the size of my forearm. Um, he's a great writer, a uh, great guitar player, and probably one of the craziest motherfuckers that I know. Looks like he's 50, I promise he's only like... I think also he's, looks like he's homeless a little yeah, bit. He, but. Uh, yeah, picture, picture, um, picture Charlie Starr taking some hard substances. Um, he's, he's a wild, wild dude. We love him very much, though. Could so be doing, a fill-in for Bigfoot. <laughs> it could be. Um, but we uh, we have got we've got him on there. we got our old friend uh, S.J. McDonald. we got Ben Chapman on there, Meg McCreary. we got uh, Kaylee Shore. we got Sam Varga. we got Tyler Chambers and some friends. So you all come out to Live Oak tomorrow night. It's going to be awesome. And, uh, yeah, now without further ado, let's get into our interview with our good buddy, the skinny, tall bitch himself, Matt McKinney. What you drinking over there, bud? Man, I've got a Four Roses bourbon. A um, little bit of ice, a little bit is of Four water. Four Roses your favorite? Man, it's tough to say. Um, what, yeah. what is your favorite bourbon? Honestly, I don't know. I, I guess I would say Four Roses. Um, good Kentucky stuff. I spend a lot of time up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, uh, you're a Georgia boy, but you got a lot of roots in Kentucky. I do, yeah. Um, I guess, you know, my dad grew up in... And that's that part of the uh, country, so I, I'm all about bourbon country. Um, I'm a Georgia boy through and through. Um, what I did last but, year for my uh, birthday is did the bourbon trail part of it. Did Makers, uh, Four Roses, Wild Turkey, yeah. Jim Beam. Uh, Buffalo Trace is not part of the trail, but I did Buffalo Trace, uh, Woodford, and uh, I forget the other one. But I You're did. real sober when you got done. I mean, we did uh, it, we did over four days. We did it over four days. So, like, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, yeah. He, the big man loves his bourbon. But bro, it's been a 
been a pretty wild ride. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> you are officially now a, a songwriter with a publishing deal. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's crazy because, I mean, you know, it still hasn't hit me. You kind of do that, especially during the pandemic. You kind of still go through the same motions, and it's just kind of, you know, nothing's really changed except uh, I feel like I've found my champion in town who's, you know, I'm going to work really hard for, and hopefully, you know, we make some noise and uh, make some things happen as far as that goes. But, um, you know, I talk to guys, you know, like buddies who they've already seen. I mean, you can attest, but you've already seen your life change a little bit. And uh, for me, you know, for you know, for Trey Lewis, he's going out there now and he's playing ninety-minute sets and sold out. You know, every show he's had this year. So for him, I think it, it hits a little bit sooner. But you know, as songwriters, we haven't. I mean, we've just. I mean, from December second, as soon as that song dropped, you know, we're trying to get the next one. So I think like it hasn't really set in fully. Um, yeah. So me, so, so backing up, and we'll we'll get into how you were one of the many guys that that took these these shitty 2020 lemons and you, you guys made some very tasty lemonade um which is a our, our whole kind of crew that we've got whatever but let's back up so you're from augusta georgia mm-hmm. which shout out to that cool picture you got i'm guessing that's from the masters hanging over there yeah man jack nicholas and uh arnold palmer so growing oh, yeah. up so gr- up the hometown yeah dude uh. so so growing up in augusta that's north georgia what was that like and what did you do there that kind of led you here to nashville so it's actually it's like southeast. Um, oh, it is Georgia. south. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, there by Savannah and all. Know, oh, you, is it? Is it actually? So I thought it was closer to the Carolina border. Or does Carolina dip down? South Carolina does. South Carolina yeah. dips down. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's about an hour and a half from Statesboro. If you ask any of my South Georgia buddies, they're like, Augusta's not South, and I would agree, it's not like South. It's kind of middle of the state, uh, east. Um, but yeah, so I grew up there, and um, my dad, you know, um, moved from Kentucky, played ball at Augusta State. Raised a family in Augusta, and um, my parents actually worked in ministry. So I lived in Augusta till I was about twelve, and um, we moved up to North Georgia. And my parents worked at a, a Christian children's home in that region of the state, and they did that till I was about um, seventeen or eighteen years old. So um, I ended up. I went to school at University of Georgia, and as soon as I graduated from there, Boudreaux, we don't want to hear Bama comments because I know he's got them. <laughs> hold uh, up, hold up. I will say that we are ranked top 25 right now in football, basketball, and baseball. So remarkable. roll tide. <laughs> it's a miracle it's all happening in the same year. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I, uh, I just went to University of Georgia, and then once I finished up school there, about halfway through, you know, I'd been coming to Nashville for – writing on and off with friends and, you know, just a network I've made up here. And um, I knew I wanted, you know, to come up here and write songs and chase that dream. Yep. When and, when did that start for you? Because something I've learned from a lot, of, a lot of the church kids, a lot of folks that grow up around, around doing music and doing worship, like you guys pick up the guitars at a very young age and you, you learn melodies, you, you learn how to sing from sing it, singing in the house of the Lord and whatnot. <laughs> Absolutely. When, when did that all kind of click? Like, because I know you have, you had a basketball career. We'll get into talking about that. Yeah. When did, when did music become the thing that Matt McKinney wanted to do? Man, it was, uh, I mean, I remember being, I think five or six years old and, uh, I sat on the, the piano pew next to my aunt and we used to, you know, we used to do, family singing specials i'm one of you know six of my family and uh so uh you know i used to sit on the pew next to my aunt and you know i've sang my whole life i grew up you know as early as elementary school writing fun songs and um but obviously i had a basketball career and i would say you know once that you know we'll get into that but um you know i'd got hurt lower back l4 l5 fracture and 
it was just going to be too much for me to rehab and come back to. Um, but that's kind of when I decided, I guess like 17, 18 years old was when I really started, you know, picking up the guitar more and writing songs and um, kind of pursuing and chasing that a little bit. Um, once I got into college, you know, I was playing like every cover bar from, you know, Clemson to Auburn, Tuscaloosa, um, Atlanta, you know, kind of doing that thing. And it wasn't really until I graduated and about that time I knew I wanted to come up here. So, besides, besides partying, what did you major in in college? <laughs> Man, I studied uh, sport management and marketing. It so. make, makes sense. Yeah. I can, I can yeah. see how you use those skills nowadays. <laughs> So, which, I mean, looking back now, I do have a lot of friends who are not able to. Uh, By the way, if y'all are hearing that, that is uh, his special dog named after a Georgia legend. Yeah. Herschel, Herschel Walker, the chocolate lab. Herschel right Walker, Texas Ranger Jr. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a bad boy. Uh, he's a good boy, but. Yeah. He's, he's a big boy, very proportional to you. You tall, tall, <laughs> tall motherfucker, man. Yeah. How, sorry. T- how, how tall were you playing basketball in high school? Were you about, when did you like uh, stop? I was six eight, yeah. So, you, so I just haven't grown since. <laughs> and, what's, and what's that story? So I mean, you probably came up playing. You guys don't have like CYO down here, where it's like Catholic, because that's the big no. thing. Like people oh, grow okay. up playing like the Catholic youth organization basketball, or in New York, the JCC, the Jewish community, whatever. There you go. We had and something then, called Awana back home where yeah. I was at. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play in those leagues. Um, I started real early. You know, obviously it was like rec league up until it got competitive. Maybe like you know sixth, seventh grade. Um, but yeah, it was weird, man. I, I started in sixth grade and I was a guard and um, I really played guard. Got to be, I guess, eighth grade and I went from five foot 10 to six foot five. So I God still, damn. Yeah. So I still had, God. you know, a guard, guard skill set, but I was six five at the time and <clears throat> went, into, went into high school and then I actually started playing power forward. And um, the more I grew, you know, I eventually got up to six eight. Um, so, like, you know, for my actual home school, I was playing anywhere from the four to the five, kind of a stretch position because I could shoot the three a little bit. Um, but when I was when I was actually playing AAU ball, I was I was a small forward. So at one yeah. point, I, I did have a. I'm going to give a shout out to a couple teammates. Um, but I did play on a team, you know, with a guy Isaiah Manderson. He was seven foot tall. So I mean, that was our center, and our <laughs> starting four was you know six ten Cam Blakely. So I was really the. Let's see, it went. Our starting lineup at one point was we had a six two point guard committed to pin, uh six seven two guard. I played the three at six eight. We had a six ten four and a seven foot five. So I think I realistically say this and I I mean our record would not speak for it. We had some talent, but um we were probably that year the biggest AAU team in my class. Wow. Um just I mean one to five. I, I don't think we played another team. We'd just go zone and just demolish the boards like <laughs> yeah and who was who was who was the guy that dunked on you i mean like because i know you say you oh, don't get man. dunked on what's because you've told me that story i think tyler's heard it too but um, was it? i don't was think it, i've heard this was it, was it julius randall it was julius randall Who's balling Ooh, yeah. up for my new york knicks right yeah, now man, by the way i'm glad to see him doing well in, in the empire state he's a different breed um so we yeah we were in aau nationals and uh i was playing with a team out of birmingham and the game opens up you know they're in a Full court press, or we're in a full court press. It gets beat, and Julius Randle at one point he goes up left handed layup, and I met him at the glass, and I I beat a shot off the backboard, got a nice clean block, and I'd had like two two blocks to open the game, you know. So a little time goes by, and Matt Jones, who went on full scholarship to Duke, uh, he was a great guard for them. Um, he, he picks up a steal, he throws it cross court, and I'm the only man back. Well, Julius catches the ball, and you know I'd already met him at the rim one time, and I'm like, well, he's got you know six feet to gather and put this thing down and 
So I took off, you know, mid mid foul line, and man, he cocked that thing back to his ass and just boom <laughs> on my head and one style. And gosh, um, you know, we have coaches from Texas, UCLA, North Carolina. Julius is the number one player in the country at the time. Yeah. So I, I will mention that. You know, it's a it's a little easier on the pride when you face that. But um, so our coach calls a timeout and he said, the next time that a player goes to dunk the ball and you don't make a hard foul, you're coming out and you're not playing in front of the, the Jordan. The Jordan rules right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's the, that's the way I grew up playing ball. Yeah, I that's, mean, that's how you play basketball in the South, man. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it was the same way with me. Full fist fights in practice. Like, that was not uncommon. I played with a coach out of Boston, Massachusetts, and, you know, we would literally, there was Saturday practices where there was full-on fist fights, and he's just like, compete, compete, you know, just <laughs> loved it, ate it up. So, Long story short, I go up, and uh, Julius has same exact play probably three possessions later, and I put him through the back wall, just fouled him so hard. Well, both benches clear. I have my AU coach, who is a former – I'm going to not say his name for the sake of the story uh, – former sheriff in Birmingham, and he pulls a knife on their coach. And out of nowhere, you know, like, <laughs> you know. He told you to foul him hard. Oh, yeah, he told us he didn't know there's going to be, you know, switchblades pulled. So I just see the refs come up. They separate. All these coaches pour out of the gym. But the funny thing about that is I feel like if I saw Julius again, I could just say something as simple as, hey, man, I played for the Birmingham Stars. And immediately, I mean, it's not every day you get a knife pulled in an AAU basketball game. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, I played against him, played against Jabari Parker, another great player I got to guard. Um, Jalen Brown, number three pick to the, the Celtics. I oh, yeah. uh, guarded him. and. You know, we switched duties. Uh, he played at Wheeler High School, which is a national powerhouse. And um, we did switch duties, but I will say, held him to 11 points. So, you know, number three pick in the draft. I wasn't, I wasn't awful. Was, was, know, he, was he one of the tougher guys you had to guard? I mean, because you, you came up like it's cool looking at what's, – what's cool about basketball is guys get to that net, get to the pro level so young that you're able – because you're what? You're 25, 26? 26. 26, yeah. so you're – the guys that you played against and played with, some guys have been in the in the league for a yeah. while now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would say one of the tougher players I had to guard was definitely Jabari Parker. Um, he could shoot it. He had a three-level game. He was good in transition, good pull-up game. He could handle it and obviously shoot the three. That's what he does best at the next level. But it is weird. You know, I've got friends now, teammates. Um, Brandon Goodwin for that Atlanta Hawks. Um, he's killing it. Like, just got signed to an extension and it's cool like to turn on the tv and be like man i remember like grinding with that dude i remember oh yeah practices where you know the three stop drills and we're just in there like blood sweat and tears on a saturday hot saturday in the middle of the summer and you know you see guys like that grind and you know i had another buddy two buddies i guess now signed in the nfl one with your new york giants Lorenzo hey. Carter. um but it's cool, you know, turning on the TV and seeing those guys, and uh, you know, I'm chasing a different dream, but to yeah. see them, yeah. How does how does doing that that team camaraderie? Because this is something that I've I've gotten to realize, and I've talked with I talked with you about it, Tyler. Is it's kind of like like touring and music. That, that's a team sport. Like Absolutely. going going out with with your group of guys, and it's like you're going to play a game, but you're you're not really playing against anybody. You're just trying to perform at your highest level. You're playing how against the invisible enemies a lot of times, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, so what so how do you think playing organized sports and especially competing at a high level in, in basketball and at the youth level, um, how did that kind of get you ready for the, the hard road that it is this music life? Man, just uh to be honest, and I think a lot of my teammates would attest to this, but I was just um I was always a grinder, man, just um on the floor. Like I would get to practice and put up five hundred jump shots before, you know, our first practice at six AM some mornings. Um 
uh, to get in better shape, you know, after practice, there was times where I would just run extra because like in my mentality was no one was going to outwork me, you know? And, um, a lot of times I was staying after practice because no one was going to be in better shape, a better in shape power forward or a better in shape center. I was going to, I was going to mentally, I, it didn't always happen, but, um, you know, I was going to wear those guys down. And I think that carried over to songwriting from a standpoint of, and obviously, you know, I'll be the first to say, and anyone in town knows, you know, uh, it's a lot about hard work, but it's also luck. And fortunately, you know, I fell into a lucky scenario that opened some doors and some opportunities for me. But I would say, that being said, you know, you always hear it's a 10-year town. And uh, whenever I moved to town, I just told myself, you know, my mentality was going to be, I'm going to try to do as much of 10 years of work as I can in, you know, two and a half, three years. Yes, yeah, so you moved and, here when? Uh, December 11th. I guess it was 2018. Yep, so you were, you're the same yeah. year as me. Yeah. You and me are in like that same, same class. Kind of class. Yeah. Tyler's kind of OG. You're what, seven years now? Yeah, I moved here in 2013. Yeah, so you've Man. been here a while, just like Maxwell. I'll just be and, eight. Yeah, just like Maxwell and, and a lot of those guys that were that were kind of here. So. Yeah, Maxwell and I pretty much moved here within four or five months of each other. Yeah, wow. which, which is crazy looking back on now. Um, but for you, who were some of the people in town early on? What was, because I, I think you said you were doing that back and forth. Mm-hmm. And you're from the mecca of, of songwriters and country music. You, you are from Georgia. You went to UGA. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on of all the, all the networking opportunities you get just from building yourself within that community and playing the Sky Bars, the Galettes, all those yeah. different college town bars throughout the Southeast. So for you, what was that transition like of just coming here before even moving? Man, it was just, uh, you know, coming up during summers and CMA Fest and I had some buddies that lived here who eventually moved home. And, um, but, you know, like some of the early ones, like Trey Landon, um, Casey Yarbrough, um, phenomenal drummer, great dude. Um, he played for Trey. Tyler Branch was another one played for Trey and you know I got to know those South Georgia boys and then whenever I came up here Justin Dukes um so whenever I I moved up here I actually moved into their apartment complex and man that first year was just like (laughs) hard uh on the you know financials and the liver but you know you go out and you network every single night first job in town What's that? How First many job how, how, how many shit jobs have you had to work? Oh man! Before now getting paid to, <laughs> before now getting paid to do what you moved here for. Honestly, I can't count, man. Uh, well, not my even first job ma- in town was. I guess I started officiating basketball. That was one, but I would say I was a server at a place called. Oh man, Finn and Pearl. It was a seafood joint down there in the Gulch, and uh, well, that closed down. They did. Uh, I yeah. guess they switched ownership, but. Yeah. Um, you know, I worked there. I worked at the listening room. I worked at Rippy's on Broadway. I worked, obviously, officiating, um, playing gigs. Um, I was a food runner at one point. I was. You as a food runner's got to be interesting. I can carry a lot of food. I'll you, say you that. You carry a lot of food, <laughs> and you can freaking get through a crowd and have your arms up above the common-sized yeah. person like myself. Yeah, not your dream job, but, you know, I, again, like. I mean, I, that's another standpoint I get from growing up. You know, my dad was always working three jobs. He would get up and throw papers in the morning. He'd go straight from there to his main job, and then he'd go call either baseball, softball, or um, basketball games. And, like, you know, I made it a point, like, whatever I had to do to survive in town, you know, there was not a job I wouldn't work to get to do what I ultimately, you know, had the opportunity to do now, you know. And um, so I wouldn't take any of it back. I, you know, I, I met some great people and. 
it's nice not to work those jobs <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but, no, um, no, dude, absolutely. A lot yeah. of odd-end jobs. It makes you it makes you appreciate it when um when you when you finally get to the point where you're at right now. And I mean, I think back working at Whiskey Row, which is where I, where I met Tyler here. I mean, we. I mean, Tyler's worked a lot more jobs and been here longer than I have, but it does make you appreciate it when you start doing shit that you want to do. Yeah. It makes it makes all those those long days and those situations where you're like, what am I doing here? Which have you had any of those moments? Because I know a lot of a lot of folks get those like moments of doubt, man. So crazy story. And I just posted this uh, when I announced um, a couple of days ago. But I remember in October of 2019. Um, I had paid my last bill for the month and I had $36 to my name and, uh, you know, still you got to buy groceries. I didn't like no money in savings, $36 to my name. And I just remember laying in bed one night and I was just like one of my lowest of lows. And, um, I remember just praying and being like, you know, God, if this is your will, like, you know, I'm not asking for a timeline, but I kind of need to know. And, um, I've been offered a potential job to go work in Kentucky, making some really good money as a loan officer. And, you know, I've got the degree. And, man, I laid there one night, and I was just praying about it. And I was like, you know, if God opens the door, then, you know, he won't open any door that you're not supposed to walk through. You know, I feel like my mom always told you, like, God doesn't ever try to trick you by any means. And um, I came out, and I was considering taking that job in Kentucky, man, just – and I remember I was talking to Justin Dukes, uh, who was my roommate one night, and he just said, man, he's like, let me tell you something. If you died tomorrow and you're working, in, you know, like a, we're just talking about, if you're working a cubicle job, and no offense to anybody that does, but that's not, you know, my per- that's not my ambition and my drive. But, Office spaces yeah. suck. And he, you know, he was like, could you say you lived your happiest life? And it was at that point in October 2019, I just said, you know what? He's right. Like, there's no half in, half out. And I think anybody that works, whether you're a publisher, whether you're a songwriter, whether you're an artist, whether you know you do what you guys do, it's either all in or all out. And it was at that point I kind of just was like, man, I'm going all in. And ever since, you know, I just said yes and showed up and did a lot of things that I didn't, I wouldn't necessarily want to go back and do again. Um, just to continue to walk through doors as they opened and. So here we are. There's definitely levels of doubt to answer your question. Yeah. It was, you know. Yeah, man, you talk about doors so. opening. I feel like we've all been on like kind of this long hallway of just this door opens and you go down the hall and then that freaking door opens. And we've been going through because doors have opened for me and Tyler a lot here recently as well. So got got to ask, I mean, now some of your big co-writers, I mean, obviously a uh, a big big song came out in December and and changed changed a lot of things and you were already you, you that, that crew was already starting to kind of get things together mm-hmm. so t- looking back at like the beginning of of 2020 like I'm assuming you're going out doing these cover gigs as well were you still doing more of the artist thing at that point or were you more st- st- keeping bass making your money however you gotta and doing the writing thing where were you at like this time last year man I was uh just writing songs you know and um Obviously, you're booking your own songs, and little did we know what would happen. I, I did take a little hiatus, um, got back from Texas last March, and everything was shut down. So I went um, to Augusta from like March till May, took some time off. But I saw so many of my friends had to leave town, and you know, jobs going under, and unemployment falling through for certain people. And I just made it a point. You know, I think I went back the second week of May, maybe it was, and I just was like, you know what? 
you know, it, it goes back to the thing, like I'm going to work when, you know, other people aren't working and it's, it's intrinsic. It's not like I'm competitive with other people in that sense, but I told myself this time last year, you know, I'm going to go back home and I still want to write X amount of songs and X amount of times a day. And honestly, moving up here allowed me to, everyone in our friend group, I will say like our current friend group, I was close to, there's no one really that I met, met during quarantine. Um, but I got to know like more intimate relationships and friendships with those people, you know, and I think that's the best thing that it brought. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, it was, I just kind of had that mentality of I was going to come back to town and write regardless of, you know, everything's shut down. And I felt like having to gather in small gatherings, you know, brought our whole group head and shoulders, you know, from where we were as far as everything, hard work and just, um, even career moves for a lot of people, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, you look back at, uh, those, those kickball games, those Madden tournaments, which, uh, I know you don't uh, get that belt too often, yeah. but, um, yeah. it, it happens. And I think that was one of the first hangs that I had with you. Cause so it's funny when you talk about being in Augusta, I remember we did those, we were doing those live sessions and we had you hop on and yeah. stuff. And we were talking, I was right around the NFL draft. So I think you were still up there with us, Tyler, before, yeah. that was before Texas. I remember watching the draft and you hyping up Andrew Thomas, who had a pretty good rookie year. We'll say the Giants line looked a lot better. Um, and you and I started getting close around there and it's it's just crazy to see how like all that like around that June July area is when we started when me and Tyler started coming into the picture. He had just come back from Texas. Um, I had just gotten back from my hiatus of living in a few different places throughout this year, um, and it's just kind of crazy seeing how it all kind of came together and how we're all kind of winning right now. Nuts, man! It's it's cra- it's crazy. So for you, when did you first get to me? Well, we got to talk about got to talk about got to talk a little dick down in Dallas here. Um, so for one, for one, that song, and then two, when did you first, I, I've, we've heard the story of when you and Trey like met, but when did you guys like become boys? Man, honestly, uh, I moved to town. I guess, I guess Trey moved a couple weeks after me. And, uh, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you know a little bit of the story, but um, there's a, that bar, Sky Bar, we played down there, walked in, I saw him play this ridiculous cover song that he's infamous for big tally whacker baby yeah yeah and uh so i saw him at a revival in town and i walked up and introduced myself and you know we swapped numbers and trey's just got that personality man like his energy's contagious like he's just got that you know for those who use the word that vibe you know like so i mean we hit it off and i was just like man this guy's like super funny he's genuine like good dude started writing together some and then uh you know, I guess when we came back for quarantine, that's when me and Trey really got like even closer. Maybe this past summer, um, but uh, yeah, I guess that's that's the first time was really summer. I mean, we really started hitting it off, but we'd known each other. I mean, since we both moved to town together, and uh, same with that whole house. I, I really got to know Ella, um, Ella Langley, Clay, Mitch a lot better through Trey. You know, those guys living together, but. Um, it's cool, man. You just, you get a bunch of people who just grind. And I feel like we all, it's funny, like even with, you know, Maxwell, Dawson, Joy Beth, like the whole group of our, our friends, it's like kind of like when we get together, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, did you write today? It's like, oh, no, I did this. And it's like, well, why aren't you working? You know, I just feel like it's, it's not always spoken, but it's one of those things where we're, we're always trying to push each other. You know, like there's certain people that obviously, 
are those workhorses. But I feel like when you get a group of people who just want to grind and really have the ultimate same goal, it's like it really pushes you as a person and just like a professional for sure. Yeah, dude. No, ab- absolutely. And I mean, now you, you rewind to did you did you ever think in your wildest dreams uh, the shit that's gone down since December first? You got you and and those those guys sitting in a room writing a song about. Writing a song, what was supposed to be—I mean, it is a love song. It, it's a song about the, the girl that goes off and does her does her thing, but a song with with dicks and butt fucks. Like, did you ever think it? And what was writing that like with with old Brent and Drew? Man, it was. Uh, to answer your question, no. I mean, <laughs> but you never know. I mean, that's the type of climate of the industry that we work in. Is like you don't know. I mean, I could write a song about that spatula, and someone might think it's like, oh, that's the greatest song ever. Then that's. Every single day, the coolest thing about what we do is like you feel like you're playing the lottery every single day, and you never know, you know, what song might be appealing to someone who, you know, could take a song like about the content that you just said yeah. and, and make it into something. And I will say, you know, like not anybody could have cut that song, and I, I say that all the time. Like people will say oh, you should have pitched that to blah, blah. And it's like, you know, Trey Lewis, I will say, is like the only guy that could take that song and do what it did. It, I couldn't have done it. Brent couldn't have done it. I feel like, you know, Drew couldn't have done it. It's just, it fits him. If you know his personality, he's got that brand. And like, dude, like, I just, very thankful that it happened. But to answer your question, no, like, there's no way. <laughs> if you would have told me that, I would have been like, you know, we were going to release it under an alias called like the COVID Cowboys yeah. and we're all going to wear cowboy hats <laughs> and masks and like cover our faces. And we're just like, oh, you know, it'll get like a million streams. And I mean, here we are like, I don't know, 40, what, 45 million streams later in, in a month and a half. And it's like, what? You know, like, so you never know, man. You just, I've written a lot of out there songs. That was by far probably the most far-fetched one from... I mean, I mean, I mean, you got, I mean, you got one about male prostitutes. Yep, yep. You got, you got little red balloons getting higher <laughs> than the corn, praying to the Lord, wash it all, wash it all off in the rain. Or I think, I think that's how it goes, right? Because that's yeah. one of my, that's one of my favorite ones that you had sent me back over, uh, over quarantine and stuff. Um, a nice, nice tune. Um, but um, damn these skittles, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Skittles, we we love them. Shout out to Nature's Eight Delta Eight from our friends at Trailside CBD, getting it done. But um, you were a big part of the marketing and and a big. You're, you're somebody that's a, that's got to be. I mean, give credit where where it's due. I mean, you guys really from way because I'm trying to think. So that round that they that you that where Trey had played it, mm-hmm. um, for us that was what November October. Uh, it was October. October. So it was in October. Mm-hmm. And I know before that, we, had, you guys, the first time I had heard it was, I, th- I think Tyler, you were at that same fire. We were sitting at, funny enough, at Trey's house while yep. he's doing what he does every weekend, whether there's stuff going on or not, he finds a way to do it. He was out gigging with the boys and you were there. And I remember you, you'd been drinking a little bit where everybody had been, been, been no, partying and, uh, <laughs> and little, little Maxwell and all them. And Maxwell had said like, bro, you, like he asked if I had ever, if we had ever heard Dick down in Dallas. And he was like, McKinney, you got to play it. McKinney, you got to play it. You're like, nah, nah, nah. Then you played it and it, it's just, it's cool. So you guys did that. And then we got Trey to play it on, on the round and everything. 
what was how did all that marketing come to be? Because the way you guys did it, like the song doesn't blow up as much as it has without yourself, without little Boogie Bonner, without Trey Bonner. Yeah. Like you guys really doing that grind. What was that marketing and how did that all kind of start? You you actually using your college degree. Which yeah. a lot of us in this town that go into the music <laughs> shit, we I don't I don't I don't use it a whole ton. I'm a comm major and whatever. I'm supposed to be doing radio stuff and now we're doing all kinds of other shit. You, you actually use like that. That was money well spent. Yeah, man. Your college sure. freaking degree. What was that marketing like? Oh, uh, man. It was just. Uh, so, you know, you learn different concepts through the marketing process. And like the thing with that song was it was hard to hunker in on a specific demographic. Like who, what kind of market can we tap into and how do we most appeal to that? And, um, you know, our biggest thing at first, if I'm being honest, was like we thought we were going to get a lot of bad feedback from, you know the female population and but like Trey said I think the part of the song that saves it is praying she'll come back you know like this isn't just some dude being like you know she's out being promiscuous it's like hey I don't care what she's doing I miss that girl and I want her to come back and it kind of saved things but um the marketing man it, it just started on TikTok and through my time and my degree we studied different you know and I will say TikTok's one of the hardest algorithms to try to pinpoint it's really not an algorithm I mean, there is, but it's it's really not. You yeah. know, like anything can show up. Yeah, but I mean, things do boost from a standpoint of like the more engagement, the comments, right. the shares. And so like trying to hunker in and making different tactics like, hey, man, if we need to get shares, well, let's list some objectives. Like how can we get engagement here? Oh, share this post and you're entered in, blah, for merch. Or hey, here's this video. If you go and comment, tag three friends, you're entered for blah. And, it, you know, a lot of it was promotions as well. Um but that was the big one. And then, you know, obviously Old Row helped out yeah, tremendously. Yeah, that, that video, so. which, thank God, Nikki T videos everything and anything at our freaking rounds. They, they Raise Rowdy does a really good job of that. Shout out to them for coming out and supporting and, and taking videos. And that was his first time hearing the song. I mean, I think he had heard Boogie, like, singing the chorus at <laughs> one of the summer camps we went to and, and all that. But... What, how did, did you just send that to the guys at Old Row or like they ask for it or how did that interaction go? So, man, I was in college, obviously at Georgia, and um, I had some roommates who would get into some drunken debauchery and I would be fortunate enough to catch it on film. And so I would <laughs> submit, you know, I, I was on Old Row a couple times through college, like videos that I'd submitted that, you know, just quality content. So I feel like that kind of established it. W wildest thing oh, in man. Athens. That I've seen or that I got on video. I mean, I, I, I'll, we'll say seen because both and both okay. and. <laughs> so one of my roommate, his brother was like notorious for just over over consumption. Like you know, he would get so drunk that you know, you could throw water on him. You could do anything. He's not going to wake up. So one night, we did a series of him passed out. And we tied uh, Saran wrap to his hands and made him like a puppet. <laughs> but we made a video compilation, so it started off, you know, in like a Michael Jordan jersey and shades and a basketball. And then we wrapped them in aluminum foil, and then it cued in, you know, hey there, Mr. Tin Man. <laughs> and, you know, took a video of that, and then um trying to think of the other. Oh, we uh, put them in a jail Halloween costume and furry handcuffs and posted, you know, like Johnny Cash covers with a guitar. And he didn't wake up the whole time. I mean, we're doing full wardrobe changes and the next morning he woke up with like sunday scaries you know like just mortified that he you know so i'd say that's one of the craziest things um there, I, I honestly can't pinpoint a single point through college of the craziest what, thing what's I've the seen. what's the best bar in athens 
Oh man, we've never, I gotta go. We've I'm never gonna give a shout out, out real quick. My boy Davey, um, at Boar's Head in Athens. That's I mean that's my favorite bar when I'm home. So, so Boar's Head is a spot to go. Love Boar's Head. Um, oh yeah. Also, you know I like Buddha Bar. It's it. When I was there, it was kind of like a younger crowd, but I did I bounced there. So it's always euphoric going back into that bar. And well, I didn't my buddy you, Jeff Moore, shout out. I I didn't know you did security. Uh yeah man, what what was what 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 we even do a roundtable thing? We were we were talking God. about we were talking about with your roommate Dill before some of the wild shit we see. What what's what's bouncing in Athens like? Um, horrendous. Just trying to like. And where were you usually positioned? Because you're a tall guy, so they might they could stick you anywhere. Or were I you good door. with them? You worked the door. Yeah. So I was in charge of looking at awful, awful fake IDs and just the worst ones are always from Georgia people. Yeah, but the thing is, like you know. It's like an unspoken thing that down there, that's that's how you generate revenue. Those kids right. are drinking. They've got daddy's money. They've got, you know, they're trying to spend their money. Sometimes you got to let in, like, I mean, you know, I had someone hand me a Caucasian male, hand me the ID of an African-American, and I looked at it, and I, you know, have fun. Gave him the ID, and I said, <laughs> go on in, you know, two for one's still 11. Um, but, I mean, like, you know, you just have to cover your bases. Obviously, I could get in trouble for you, that. You able but, you, you able to hustle down there? From a standpoint, of, man, I never took money. Really? I, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I just know what it's like to be and wait in the line, and like I've just never been that guy to where like, oh, I'm, I can pay money and jump the line. I've just I know what it's like to be in that position, so I made sure that like everyone had a chance to get in. Other yes, I worked with people that definitely took money. Under I, the I was table. gonna say that that's that's how southern you are. You have the most patience in the world. Like I couldn't do it. I, I'd be like, "Get me the fuck in here now!" And yeah. hey man, hey man, come help. And then the, I mean, the help me help you line. But how many bars are in? Are there more bars in Athens? You think than in Nashville? Because you guys are one of the bar heavy cities. Eighty. Okay, someone's gonna comment and correct me, but I know it's over eighty. I believe eighty-two bars in one square mile in Athens, Georgia. I mean, is that how does how do you think that compares to downtown, Tyler? I mean, because Broadway you got like thirty, I think. I think you got a little bit more than that. I think there's like there's close to fifty downtown. I think between Broadway, Second, Printers Alley. Uh, if you're counting like all that, it's probably more like sixty, seventy. Damn, because Ath- Athens is no is no joke, and. We've got. Have you gotten to do a Georgia theater show yet? Have you popped up there and done that? I've not played. I've been to a lot. Oh, I'm so, sure you've been I to mean, a lot. Like, yeah. A what's lot that? Of what's that bar upstairs? Or is that still the Georgia it's the rooftop? Theater? Yeah, man. Yeah. That rooftop is wild. Yeah. This place is fun. Yeah. Big big fan of of Athens, Georgia. I mean, Charlie's always said it too. His favorite college town, which I think he probably says it because we're when when we're in Athens. I mean, he's an Auburn guy. What was uh What was playing Sky Bar like for you? Wild. I mean, just. Those kids love country music, and I think, you know, all my Alabama friends that do regular that spot can attest, man, it's just like they're passionate and they follow you. They want to know everything about your career. They they dive in. So it was great, especially from a college perspective of, like, gaining, quote-unquote, fans, you know, who now just follow my, really, like, my songwriting career and things like that. Um, yeah. But I think that's – Auburn's a great market, man. And, you know, despite the rivalry, I have a lot of love in my heart for that town. Yeah, it's it's uh it's cool, man. The, the Southern bar circuit's a, a lot of fun, and like Statesboro, Georgia. I just had my birthday in Statesboro, and Statesboro to me is one of the one of the wildest 
one of the wilder ones. Would you say like how do you rank the the Georgia colleges in terms of just partying and debauchery? Because I know Man. Athens is is the biggest in size, but Statesboro's got to rank on there somehow. Like they're they're fucking nuts. It's so the thing about those two schools is, and no, I mean I'm just gonna put it you, out you, there. Hey, you're at Georgia Southern, I know. So at Georgia Southern, the thing is, you know, like it's you know, easier to get into. And a lot, a lot of times, and don't get me wrong, they've got some, they've got one of the great, some of the greatest programs for those degrees that there are. But for the most part, you don't, I mean, we would leave, I, I should probably start off saying that. I spent a lot of time at Georgia Southern and I just had friends who would skip like the whole semester and they're, they're passing with A's. Like if you skip <laughs> a day or two at Georgia, I mean, dude, it's, you're lost. I, it, like you, you have to like. No matter how much you go out and you party, you have to drag your butt and put it in a seat, or you're going to be lost. Like that's the difference. Yeah. Is in Athens, Georgia, you know those kids. Like you got to grind, man. You got to study, <laughs> and they go out. You know Thursday, Friday, Saturday. As soon as Sunday, like those kids are studying again. Georgia Southern, man, those kids, like that's where it's it's a different level of partying. I'll give the edge to Georgia Southern it, for that reason. It's like West Virginia. West Virginia is a, a college that's like that. Coastal Carolina yeah. is a college that is ready. My cousin left there. He he only did one year there. But after his first semester, he rushed to fraternity. Ended up with a .04 GPA his first semester just because wow. he was pledging and doing all that shit. Like mm. there's some some schools. So you would go Southern, then UGA. Where where's the third? It ain't Cody Parks at. Georgia Tech. Those kids aren't partying a whole lot, are they? I mean, I'm sorry, Cody, for saying this, but no, I mean, dude, it's a tech school. Yeah, I mean, those kids, they would go hard, you know. But it's like 95 percent dudes, so it's yeah. like you're going to you're going to go hard if you know. It's also a lot of that's in like downtown Atlanta, and downtown Atlanta bar scene is hella expensive. Yeah, no doubt. Where's number three then? Where's the third rowdiest college oh, town? In, man, would it be Milledgeville? Milledgeville is pretty wild. Kennesaw, I mean, they're they're up and coming. V- Valdosta, That's, Valdosta. I would say, I mean, yeah. those, dude, it's another yeah. like those nothing towns where there's not much to do. Like th- that's where the crazy. We're either going to go down. drink or we're going to tip cows. What you want to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would say Valdosta is pretty wild as well. And then how's Tifton? Because we have I've I've heard <laughs> legends of Tifton from Joe Fortner, Mitch Goshi, and a few other folks. Country folk, man. It's uh, they get down down there as well. You know, but that's that whole South Georgia area is just yeah. nuts. And obviously, I mean, you get into North Georgia, there's a couple schools, but like down there, I mean, it's field parties and then like little run around bars, you know. But I uh, like South Georgia yeah. a lot. Like, one like, of our one of our favorite truck stops is there. Yeah, the Bigfoot truck stop. You ever, you ever been through there? I have not. It's on, uh, what is it, 75? Yeah, dude. I, we saw it. What, what goes from Atlanta through Macon down to like 75? Yeah, yeah. It's on 75, like. Or, Really close to the Florida border. Okay, we 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 had an interesting experience in there. Um, yeah, that was the first time I think Matt saw an open carry. I saw an open carry from like, like, oh, he like was revolver. Well, there were just it was just it was just interesting, oh, and the man. bathrooms were interesting, and it was yeah. it was weird. But we, I don't we, think there was more than like four teeth in the whole place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn it, it was down there, and all them peanut. All, I didn't realize peanuts were like a big thing. Huge. Like the mm-hmm. I always want. I mean, I, I guess I understand now that uh, peanuts are a crop and they are farmed and stuff. Yeah, and the, you can see the Georgia and Alabama snow where there's just freaking cotton mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, call that Alabama snow. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, um, now talking about, um, 
Oh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys get your damn Braves talk in now. Yeah, this is the good part of the show, talking, everybody. Talking about sports. If you well, haven't been listening, well, well, it's time to well, turn back well, in. Well, well, for, well, for one, two, let's talk about your dad for a second. Your dad, yeah. incredible human. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to, you guys look identical. He's obviously just got a few more years on you, but y'all are like the twin. It's like you put the age filter y'all, y'all, on you. Yeah, it's, it's honestly look like you guys, and he's an incredible dude. Your mom's awesome, too. Your family, they're good people. Your dad with baseball, bro. Dude. Unbelievable. How old were you when you went to your first baseball game? Because I, I feel I know basketball is big, and your dad's just a big sports guy. But it mm-hmm. seems like baseball and basketball are the two. For you, when when were you like really into baseball? When were you like, yeah, go Braves, chop on, let's go? Man, so I was, you know, my daddy's from Kentucky, so he grew up a big Red Machine Reds fan, diehard. But the crazy thing about him is like, he loves the game, like. I don't know. Like, he's such a numbers guy. I wake up every morning to a text on this day and blah, blah, blah. You know. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm trying to think of even a stat. You well, know? what do you send today? Oh, yeah, you can just pull it up. Okay. <laughs> just pull it up. <laughs> yeah, Is man. He- so, I mean, he sends a text every morning. Like, my dad, when he sets an alarm, will set it for, say he has to get up around 7, he'll set it for 714. It's like, why? Oh, well, that's how many home runs Babe Ruth had. If he wake, if he has to wake up at four in the morning, he sets it for four oh six. Oh, that was Ted Williams' batting average in nineteen blah every single morning. Like he's he's a numbers guy. Um, yeah. So let's see. Today, George Sisler is elected to the Hall of Fame. The lefty bat first base batted four twenty in nineteen twenty two, playing in one hundred and forty two games of his team's one fifty four, and batted four oh seven in all one fifty four games in nineteen twenty, setting a season record for hits of two fifty seven, a record that stood for eighty four years until Ichiro Suzuki. Broke it in 2004, who played in seven more games, I might add. Damn. And then he sends a picture. Now, is your dad pulling that from somewhere? Is that just... Man, so, like... like how does he He's get a that? walking... And he literally reads encyclopedias. So he, he, he just knows it off the top of his head. So once he memorizes, like, he's incredible with numbers. So, like, once he memorizes dates, like, that's how he goes through his calendar years. Oh, it's February, blah, blah, blah. On this date, Barry Bonds did this, you know. Which, by the way, cheater. 100%. Cheater. Yeah, which, oh, which should, not hey, big. The real home which, run king passed away. Rest his yeah, soul. Yeah, 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 man. Uh, that's, that was a Braves terrible loss lost. for Braves country. That's yeah. got to be big now. Him and Don Sutton, both of them. Mm. Yeah, so that Double that's whammy. got because I remember. I mean, because for you guys, I mean, obviously, I mean, we can get into the to the Yankees Brave shit talk. We don't have to, but we can. I mean, we got we like we have like I think there's what twenty or thirty numbers in Monument Park where the Yankees just we just retire numbers. We got a lot mm-hmm. of titles, we got a lot of rings, we got a lot of guys that die and stuff. What are, what are the so like I remember when Yogi Berra died, there's there's an eight on there. They're still in the memoriam of, of George Steinberg. Like we got a lot of history. The Braves obviously have a lot of history. Yeah. And the most historical figure, without a doubt, is, is Hank Aaron. Absolutely. So what what is that loss like in the Braves community? Man. I mean, you guys you go can, first. You, got, you guys can both answer. I know he's an Alabama guy, too. Yeah. I, know he went to, I know he's out of movie. I mean, like, I don't know. Hank was, you know, the pinnacle of what a Braves was whenever, you know, we were winning stuff. And, like, you know, he set so many records. Like, I, I heard some crazy stats on him. And it's like, if you take away every home run that man hit, he still had over 3,000 hits. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what doesn't get talked enough. Like, I think, what how, what is he all-time in, in hits? I I forget. I can look it up real quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say this. Like, I grew up going to Turner Field and then later SunTrust. And, you know, I'm about to be a season ticket holder next year. Really? And Yeah. So, I'm going to buy two seats and that's another story. Congratulations. You know, we'll be talking about that. Shout out to that. 
that TikTok song, but I, uh, <laughs> I don't have internet by the way, so I can't uh, look it up. Yeah, what's Sorry. what's been what's been the wildest thing? We will, and we'll, I know we're jumping around right now, um, but what's been the wildest thing where you're like, damn, I, I'm really thankful for that tickets that uh, TikTok song. Besides, besides oh, the man. pub deal, what's something that's just popped up or like an opportunity for something that you're able to do now that you weren't able to do six months ago or three months ago? I mean, dude, really, just networking. I mean, like, um, I don't know. I just the financial thing's cool, but like to me, it's it's not the coolest thing to come from the song. I well, guess just well, seeing, no, seeing well, no, Trey well, get what he deserves, okay. and you know, yeah. getting to watch that all unfold. Um, to me, it's like. You know, and seeing like other friends that are starting to, you know, potentially get deals and take some big time meetings. And like, you know, we grow together. I feel like any camp that's ever done anything cool in this town, you do have people that rise together. And um, I would say that's that's it for me, man. It's, you know, I'm finally getting in rooms that I've been dying to get in and ready to just grind. And, um, but just seeing your friends succeed with you to me is like the best part. Okay. Like, but, 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 but financially, it's two seats at, SunTrust or Truist or whatever the fuck it's called. That, or I'm about to, uh, you know, I got a cousin that's got a lake house in Kentucky and I'm about to buy a wave runner. So, ooh, ooh, yeah. It's older. You know, I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not getting anything new, but, you know, I'll, it's two hours from here. I spent a lot of time in that state. And, uh, is that where the Kentucky's snack, a great state. Is that in the words of Daniel Tosh, you've never seen anybody frowning on a jet ski. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> is that where the, the turtle story's from? Yeah. So I actually, yeah, so I brought that up this weekend, but um, they swear it's a fish. But I, I just want to know what kind of you know fish they got in that river. Long story short, I was I was waiting in the water drinking beer. Me and Alex Maxwell were up there playing a show, and I guess I had like a small like mole on my back, and I just feel something clamp. I'm like, oh okay, and everyone's like, you're overreacting. Pretty soon, harder, bah, and I was like, oh that one stung. So I get out of the water, and they're like, you're fine, and my back is like covered in blood. And I, I swear, I was like, it had to have been a turtle. Like, <laughs> dude, I mean, it clamped. I mean, yeah. And like, what, what to, else? to think, like, think about like a bass, you know, they would have to get that deep into my shoulder to be able to clamp it. Yeah. So I was like, there's no way that's a fish. And uh, anyway, long story short, that was a derail. Um, but yeah, I mean, back, I think the Wave Runner is cool. The Wave, the wave yeah. Runner oh, is yeah. very cool. Yeah. And what's what's your? Oh, go ahead. I was no, a big, big lake guy. I was I was baptized in a lake. I spend most of my summer on the lake, whether it's you know doing whatever. There might be some cold beverages involved, but dude, you could, cold I, snacks. You could talk about having cold beverages, can you? Oh know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, like there's nothing wrong with the cold beverages. Oh, no, I mean, just, we're we're, promote, we're promoting nature's eight. We're doing all that shit too. So it's got me feeling great. Yeah, dude, me too, man. And you I've can, had some back pain this week too, so it's. Yeah, man, no, it def- definitely helps with that. Do you have a favorite Braves game memory that you were at? Ooh. Um, I mean, can, I, can I tell you mine first? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I got to see Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox match up. Wow. My grandpa came and picked me up from school. He worked for Colonial Bread in Atlanta for like 30 years, and they gave him box seats for it. And so we got to watch Greg Maddox versus Randy Johnson in the height of both of them. It was Arizona Randy Johnson, not mm-hmm. the stupid Yankees Randy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the height of that, I got to watch that pitching duel, and, man, it was a game. And and as a kid, it was like, oh, you want hot dogs? Here, here's all you can eat hot dogs, all you can drink soda, all you can eat hamburgers. Like, what do you want? We'll go get it for you. Yeah. I mean, mine was probably the uh, Brave season opener uh, two years ago. 
the walk-off game to the chop house. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, 15 beers deep in the chop house. And uh, <laughs> it made the win that much more exciting. But, man, talking about Maddox, that dude, just pinpoint extraordinaire. That dude... A, a true master of find his craft. spot. You yeah. know, and like people, you know, it's easy. People are like, baseball's so boring. When you really understand, and I'm not saying I have excess of knowledge, but when you really understand the metrics and like the strategy that goes into the game, like something like people like, oh, he threw a fastball. No, what kind of fastball did he? How much movement was on the fastball? And was he hit with spin rate? Yeah, and spin rate. And what, what, like, how fast is he throwing the ball? But also, how fast can he throw the ball and still find the point that he's and trying why to hit is he, And why is he throwing a fastball here in pitch three? What is he trying to set up? Why did he do this? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much Setting strat- up the inside and outside of the play. So it's much, an art. Yeah, it's, it's like... It, it's yeah. literally the biggest game of chess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. It's very, very, um, very much like a, like that, a game And that's of chess. honestly why I love baseball so much is it's just so much strategy mm-hmm. and so much... You know, like, I'm very much a big, small, small ball guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Hey man, if you got a runner on second, zero outs, let's bump them over to third. Yep. Get it on them, mm-hmm. you know. Let's get them home. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm very much that guy. You know, Matt always talks about Aaron Judge and all, and I always say, you know, Aaron Judge. Well, it's, well, it's it's funny too because your biggest claim to fame is a power hitter. Y'all got the biggest. Y'all, y'all got the home run king. Yeah, but we also have the home run king who barely struck out, who has some of the most hits has the most extra base hits in all of history. Well, home runs count as extra base hits. Yeah, that's, but that's doubles, triples also. In that. that is true. But, but you know, he has... How many, now, how many of that did he do? In, what was his split between how much he did in Milwaukee and how much he did in Atlanta? Well, I mean, Milwaukee was the Braves organization still. I know, but I'm still just saying. Like, uh... I'd be curious. And is that and is that something where like in Braves history, you guys like it's it's all one big thing. Like people always connect the two. So like Joe Torrey would be considered a great Brave and like people of that era. Yeah, because I mean we've won what three championships? We won one basically in each city. What was the what was the third city? Boston. We started. Oh in Boston. shit! That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Man, that was just, that was early days of Boston. I remember that was when Boston had like four baseball teams because it was yeah. like the one super populated and, area. And New York had like eight. Four, oh, eight. Three, three. Yeah, whatever. We had, we had three and then two left and they took the colors of both and made the shitty New York Mets. Yeah. <laughs> I was very lucky. You know, like I grew up when we won so many consecutive Same. divisions in a row. And then, you know, went to that rebuilding stage and I'll say like, I admired and like I love that the Chicago Cubs finally got to see a title. Like yeah. I love the game of baseball. I, I have the utmost respect for New York Yankee fans. Yeah, no, yeah, no. And we, I'm and not a Yankees fan. And you want to and you want to come but, to a game and go. I don't know if I could put yeah. him through it, but I, I know. No, I, I, I want to see Yankee Stadium. Well, I'm saying go with the bleacher creatures and like right. where beer is not allowed to be served after the third inning because it's that much of a shit show out in mm-hmm. the bleachers. Like they they do all kinds of shit that just. You shoot. It's, it's, yeah, no, I it's, get it. uh, it's, it's, it's rowdy. But, yeah. um, yeah, like you, like we've talked about doing that and like mm-hmm. the appreciation for the game and stuff. So you were talking about the Cubs. Well, yeah, I'm saying, but, you know, when Atlanta hit that point, I feel like a lot of fans, I got frustrated as a Braves fan from people. You know, you look at any sport, NHL, NFL, NBA, there's rebuilding phases of every team. Golden right. State's going through it right now, you know. Which, how crazy is that they're going through? Unbelievable. That? What they had. Who would have thought? <laughs> I mean, after after what they came from, but um, it was Brooklyn very was frustrating as a Braves fan seeing all these fans jump off the band. And it's like you got spoiled, you got pampered. Like, yeah. I, I am a Braves fan through and through. I don't yeah. care if we win 20 games. 
there's going to be a natural light in my hand and I'm going to be watching first pitch at 7.05 every night. Right. You know, I schedule rights around that. Like if I, I know I have to go to a studio and we have a big like home, it's, it's kind of like fever pitch, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I organize my schedule around Braves games. My, my grandpa was the same way. He literally like, if it's Wednesday night and, you know, first pitch 7.05, church starts 6.30, mm-hmm. hey, I'll see you all next week, mm-hmm. you know. Like, <laughs> hey, if it's a day game, I'll be there. But, you know, he literally, like, on Sundays, like, you better have him home by first pitch. Yeah. You know, like. Absolutely. That's that's how they, and, you know. And I, w- and I would say what's cool about me being a Yankees fan, you guys being Braves fans, it's, I mean, there's different tiers within baseball organizations, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the. The, um, like the like the like the um, the history and stuff of say a team like the Texas Rangers or like the fan base of kind of the, the Pittsburgh Pirates like these mid level markets, the Braves have one of the biggest bases. I mean y'all y'all just like um, just I mean, like Pittsburgh with, had a great team yeah, too. No, but no, but I'm talking about just like the the I'm talking like the fan bases yeah. and just how iconic the the brands are. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are the team of the South. And the whole country, like I could watch you guys in New York because of good old Teddy Turner, you know. Yeah. And then the Yankees, we got our own our own freaking network and <coughs> one of the one of the most iconic logos in all of sports worldwide or whatever. So it's it's cool to cool to see you guys because they're they're similar kind of organization. I mean, they're they're two. When you think of professional baseball, you think of the Atlanta Braves and you think of the New York Yankees. So. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. We're not fans of shitty little mid market teams. Yeah. <laughs> At least we're not Mets fans, right? Yeah, dude, I, got, yeah. I got to meet. Um, but, you know, I follow a lot of those guys from the time they're in the minor leagues to even high school sometimes, like prospects. But it was cool, you know, when we played the show in Tyler, Texas, getting to meet A.J. Minter. You know, yeah. like, to me, that's that's my bullpen guy. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, you know, we're not going to drop names because certain people could be listening to this. But there's certain pitchers that get called into the game, and I'm just like, dude, just put Minter in the game. Like, it, I – Oh, dude, there's it's a AB there's strategy. A, there's dude, a like, certain guy that whenever it is probably the same guy that whenever he comes out of the bullpen, I don't care if we're up fifty runs. I'm like, yep, we're losing this game. Well, yeah, no, we and we we know yeah, we know I'll that. Pretend I don't y'all, know y'all can listen. About. I think it was like episode one or episode two of the Grapevine podcast, our brother podcast, of Musk and I Bloodline. You can hear Tyler talk about said pitcher because mm-hmm. said said pitcher heard that episode too, which is fucking <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, which. <laughs> I mean, dude, like, but for me, like, my bullpen guys, like, Melanson, another one, just seasoned veteran, yeah. gets the job done, and, you know, or mentor, like, to me, it's just, yeah. it's a no-brainer, dude, like, dude, and I get I get I, rest and things like that yeah. go to factor, I'm not saying I'm a professional in that manner, but, like, I would say, like, walking up to the plate, if I saw Melanson out there on the mound, like, He's not like he's a pretty scary looking dude at times. Like especially whenever you got shadows on his face I mean, and look, stuff. I mean, look at Craig Kimbrell's look sitting there like a freaking monkey. I mean, you guys love intimidating guys. Yeah, on I mean, the, intimidating that goes back to Rocker. Them. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was got, that was one of my sh- favorite guys. Sh- like, come on. People people think that steroids <laughs> are the most abused drug of all time in baseball, but I think cocaine is definitely on that list. And John Rocker, just like Daryl Strawberry, was was one of those. Just one like of most those the dudes. Yankees of that time. Well, no, oh, dude, the Mets. <laughs> those '86 Mets were. Yeah. They were. They, I mean, that was when Planet Rock was going on. So that was not hard to find in the city of New you York. You having fun over there? Oh, I'm having I'm having a blast, man. Herschel playing Herschel. tug of war. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, it keeps him quiet, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's tough to do. <laughs> yeah, man. How long How long have you had this guy? Eight months. Um, and it was Strong that time I, my roommate had moved out, and like I, I remember that. Yeah, I had come over here for the first time around mm-hmm. that. And I remember you having the open room. Yeah, and uh, you know it's quarantine. Roommate moved out, so like I'm going writing songs, coming home, and I'm just like, well. I don't have anybody to talk to. And 
I was in a right one day. Actually, I was in a right with Alex Maxwell and Dawson Edwards. <laughs> no, let's see. And Caleb Conradi. That's who it was. And we wrote, we actually wrote Hurt People that day. And I was sitting there, and this girl had texted me from back home in Augusta. And, she, you know, she's a good church friend of mine growing up. She said, you know, I got this litter of puppies, and your mom always said you wanted a lab. And I was in no dude, financial position. about pos- to pull you out of that chair. I know, dude. dude. <laughs> I was in no financial position to buy a dog, but I had to. I got the picture, and I was like, and she said, you know, nobody wants him because he has a little white spot. He's a chocolate lab, um, but he's got that white spot. No one wanted him, and I was like, that's the dog I want. I want the one no one wanted. He's turned Hell out yeah. to be a great dog. He is a great dog. Go let uh-huh. go he's let about out. to pull Matt out of that chair. I know, dude. Yeah, that sucked, man. I got a little, little roper. No, you go, you, go, you go play over there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but no, he's he's an he's an awesome dog, and we we like Herschel. We like Herschel a lot. Very smart. Yeah, oh, dude, he is really smart. He knows how to get into shit that you would not think a dog would know how to get into. My favorite thing. What's the weird? What's the what's the thing where it's like the biggest like puppy like damn I hate the puppy phase moment. Man, just like what's what's been. I mean, I was laying in bed with him one night when he was about I don't know two and a half months. <laughs> I roll over in bed and I'm like. Mm. <laughs> wet did i spill water he covered my mattress and piss and i was like dude and you know sprayed down my mattress and uh he did it again when he was a little older but like we've gotten to the point now i mean he's he's well behaved he's gonna start classes here in the next month puppy oh, yeah. school well not puppy school I, I do want him you know he'd be a good tracking dog and um, Let's say those dogs make great duck dogs. Yeah, dude. And he's just brilliant. I mean, obedience training, things like that. It's cheap, man. And it's like, you know, if he can go be around other dogs. and He's a good one, though. I got me a good one. It's, I think it's all about how you raise him, obviously. But oh yeah, I was tough on him as a puppy, and I think that's why he came out so disciplined. He's a good boy, though. Yeah, no, and, and he's got some rowdy friends, just like you got rowdy oh. friends. He's got some rowdy friends. I don't have rowdy friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's probably a couple listening right now. Like, when'd you go and drop my name? <laughs> Freaking. Well, talk about talk about um, Team No Hits because that's a group you're a part of. We had Maxwell on talking about it last yeah. week. What's what's? How'd you get to? How did that whole kind of group? I know Alex told told um told the story a little bit too, but like, mm-hmm. how'd you get to knowing like BDT and Cody Parks and Brian Frazier and and all all those boys in there? So like. Alex Maxwell was like one of the first hands I shook when I moved to Nashville and he gave me like a sympathy, right? Like he didn't, we didn't know each other and he just knew my roommate and we were like, you're the shortest person on the bar. And he's like, you're the tallest person on the bar. Yeah. (laughs) Unite. So we started writing together, got some great songs. And to this day, I mean, I think we wrote like 40 songs together just last year. And uh, so then, you know, then I meet Dawson, which I'd, I'd been around Dawson and stuff, went to Talladega with Dawson song for another time but um just really got in with that group man and learned how to you know raise some hell for sure <laughs> yeah man they're they're good they're they're good they're good folks we love them i have to get this on video because i've never done a podcast or done like a anytime on a microphone while playing tug of war with a dog it's freaking awesome Pod dog pod dog baby we used to have the pod cats you like cats are you definitely a dog's guy i mean no comment. No comment. You know, I don't. I I can deal with cats. I have a cat. At I home. like cats that act like dogs. Like back home, home. I grew up with a cat. It's my mom's cat, and he's a cool cat. But he's an exception. Like, how, how old is he, dude? He is like ten. He weighs twenty one pounds. He's this wide. 
Yeah. I mean, huge. Uh, yeah. Tyler loves a nice chonky kitty. Yeah, <laughs> a chonky <laughs> chill cat that'll like play fetch with you and stuff. And like, I just, dude, I've had some hell experiences with cats in my life. So, yeah. what's, what's the worst one? I had a cat. And that cat, like, almost bit my grandma's finger off. Like, it wasn't for her wedding <laughs> ring. Like, her finger would have probably been gone. Whoa. Like, that cat attacked me in my sleep and, like, not knowing what the hell was going on, I threw it across the room and it knocked itself out. Well, I, I knocked, knocked it itself out. out. Yeah, I knocked it out. <laughs> That's the PC. I could just see you picking uh, up a cat. No, it, it wasn't it. that. It was it was on my arm, like, scratching and biting my arm. And I just did, like, that and launched it across the room. Mm-hmm. And it hit the wall and knocked out. But when it came back to, it came back to attack me. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it would, like, hide under the car, and I'd go out, and, like, a couple of times, like, you know, you're walking out, and all of a sudden it attacks your leg, and you just happen to have a golf club, and, you know, <laughs> that, that. and the cat's final, Four. the cat's final, final feat of just a big middle finger to all of us is that cat went and died under a part of the house that we couldn't get to mm. in our laundry room that is connected to our kitchen. So for two and a half weeks, we smelled decaying cat while we were cooking and trying to eat our food. That ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. And that's not the cats I want. Yeah, no. <laughs> I love playing with this dog. We got to get a pod dog. Tyler. So who's on yeah. this round tomorrow night? Who's on this round tomorrow night? We got, so it's Terry's birthday round. Oh, wow. So Terry, it's going to be. God bless the bar, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? What was your, how, did you meet Terry when I met Terry? That or first tour, you, Yeah. I mean, you know, we knew each other through social media, but then getting to know him on the road. How would you describe Terry to somebody who has not met Terry? Dude, okay. I mean, the friend <laughs> response is like, Terry's got a big heart. Like, he's just, there's no gray area. He's a great dude. Um, if you don't know Terry, I'm like, dude, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Like, if he we have jokes on the road because you know my personality. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I'm not really that same kind of sense of humor. I mean, I think a lot of things are funny, but like, I, I'm just more quiet, especially yeah. when we're on the road, you know, yeah. until the Jack gets to talking. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's just always, there's so many just subtle jokes where Terry will say a joke or like a one liner, and I'll be like walking out of the green room or something, and I'm like, oh, I'll just start. Well, that was yeah. thunder. Yeah, we, we, got, we got lightning. Well, yeah, we, got, we, got, we, got, we got the lights flickering. The computer's still on? Yeah, we're okay. still good. Okay, cool. Maybe, uh, maybe. If you keep keep moving, yeah. All right, well, yeah. Also, real quick, I mean, kind of eerie to talk about, given the weather for today and how like there was a storm and stuff. How close was this place to the to the Nader? Uh, three tenths of a mile. Christ. Yeah. So uh, the apartment building down there it actually flung a car into the lower level of the apartment building. I mean, it passed right by here. I got vi- I got videos from people who live in Building Nine, and you can see the tornado. And I was fortunately I was in Kentucky. I woke up and people would text me and. Are you all right? Are you all right? Yeah. I was like, yeah, man. Just how to go fish. I didn't know what had happened. Oh, man. Dude, I was downtown whenever it happened. I was working. And, mm. like, some lady came out of a bar. I was talking to one of our friends at another bar for a hot minute. He was working the door. Tugboat. Tugboat. And uh, I was – somebody said, hey, like, my sister just texted me. said there's a tornado warning for Davidson County. Like, what's what's going on? Is it going to hit us? Are we Okay. And I said, listen, like, we are in kind of a a bowl in Nashville. I was like, we hardly ever get a tornado here. Like, if it's going to be somewhere, it's going to be away from downtown. Mm -hmm. And then, sure enough, like, 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 literally, she said that. I said bye to Tugboat, walked 
across the road to Whiskey Row because he was over at like uh, Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Walked across the road. As soon as I stepped inside, the bottom dropped out, and that's when the tornado hit. Yeah. It, I mean, we've just had terrible luck this past year yeah. as far as, you know, things like that. And it's tough. You know, I drive on that that road every day, Dodson Chapel, and you yeah. you go right by there, man, and you can just see where it just wiped out the town still. I mean, the Panera Bread, I'm like, dude, like, how long does it take to rebuild a Panera Bread? They've been shut well, down they, since they It took out our storage unit. Yeah. Like, like luckily, our our units were in a brick building, but all the I metal buildings. Insured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All That's the metal good. stuff is gone. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's it's sad. I'm kind of like looking at the window now. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> it kind of looks clear outside, though. Like, that was just out of it, nowhere. No, it, ain't, it ain't clear out there. Oh, well, from it's, my vantage point. It's dark, dark as fuck, but, um, but, um, but yeah, man. No, so, what, so what's going on with 2021? We signed the deal. We're getting to some bigger rooms. What's, what's kind of the goal for this year to looking forward? Man, just... Uh, I mean, from here, it's it's all over. You start all over. You know, now I'm ready to just – I'm at a different, I feel like, um, chapter of my career as far as that goes. But I'm just – you start from the bottom again, is man, it, just trying it, to work. Is it going to be weird having rights scheduled for you as opposed to you having to go out to a blessing, revival dude. or go, a blessing? Blessing, yeah. And, I mean, you know, like, even when I was booking my own rights, like, you know, there's people I didn't really know that I'd get. In the, the difference is, you know – Sometimes you're thrown in a lot more rooms with people who you don't really know yet, but it's cool. You know, you're all creatives and everyone brings something to the table. I think it's cool. Um, but I don't know, man. Now just starting again from the bottom and writing a bunch of songs and trying to get cuts. That's the that's the game. So, oh yeah, man. Well, if you, you're listening and you like my stuff, man. Hey, yeah, dude, uh, dude, yeah, dude. Yeah. We got we got we got we got to talk about the single that you put out real quick. I yeah. know Tyler. I know we're we're trying to. The, the weather outside's looking a little frightful. Um, yeah. What um, talk, talk about you with the with the artist stuff? What's going on, man? I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, my artist career is kind of like something. It's obviously on the back burner, but I, I have so certain it's a songs. Si- it's a side piece. Yeah, not the back burner, but you know, it's it's a side thing for me. Is um, there's certain songs that I know just I would put out, and I, I don't necessarily know other people would cut them, but. Uh, Brill's looking out the window. He's like, no, he gets I mean, freaked out. Like anytime like like start, well, well, anytime like, it's well, more than a drizzle, he gets freaked out. Well, I, well, I get freaked out because it rains like hell down here, and we're yeah. on like a, the lower part of a basin, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Like Nashville's like a spot where it just it just rains and floods and all that stuff. I'm used to like lots. This time of year, it's weird to see like they see rain and not snow. It's like I'm so 50, 55 degrees outside. <laughs> That's right what now. I'm saying. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like moderately moderately warm and all that stuff, man. But no, dude, we're we're damn proud of you. you we, I consider you one of my one of my best buds. Oh, yeah. Um and uh Likewise, and all that, man. man. And uh we we appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Are you Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, bro. And and last thing, who's winning the Super Bowl and what's the bet to take? Oh man. I'm going to go Chiefs. Um I'll say this. I've I've bet a bet blah, blah, blah. I've bet against Brady. A lot. And if there's one thing that gambling has taught me, it's do not bet against Tom Brady. So I will probably not have money on the game. But and, I'm taking Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs. Mm, I'm going to go Chiefs four and a half. 
Chiefs four and a half. Okay, yeah. man. Yeah, I, I, I would say I'm, I'm kind of maybe five for, and a half. I'm kind of pulling for Brady because I want it to be a nice fuck you to the region of New England, all those damn mass holes and mm. Patriots fans, just to see that he can do it without them and bitterness. Kind of like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, bitterness no, is bad for the heart, Matthew. Well, well it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's like they call Philly not to compare me to Philly, but like the brotherly love or whatever, we like to rip on each other. You right. know, it's that's totally. how how it all works. But anyway, man, while, while you while you grab that guitar, Tyler, another one in the books. Um, Oh yeah, man! Big big shout out to our man, uh, to our man Matt McKinney for spending some time with us, hanging out, inviting us into his humble abode, hanging out with with Mister Herschel Walker, the the chocolate one white spot lab right here, and um, and yeah, Tyler Trailside CBD. What's the code? ITR. ITR, 20% off. You can get some of those cool hugs, tinctures. You can get the gummies. You can get the dabs. You can get the cartridges. You can get the Skittles, all that good stuff, code ITR. And where can they find us on social media? They can find us Instagram at In The Round Podcast, Facebook, In The Round Podcast. Uh don't look for us on Twitter. We got <laughs> hacked, and we uh, we can't get those, it back, unfortunately. Those fucking Russians, man. Oh, Always man. ruining our goddamn fun. I'll tell you what. Ah, but, um, but yeah, make sure you guys check out on social media. Um, if you guys are listening to this on release day, we'll be at Live Oak tomorrow night. We got a great lineup. Come hang out with our with our rowdy friends. I'm sure you'll see Mr. Matt McKinney there hanging out. Um, and uh, Also, yeah. go check out our boys over at uh, Whale Tail Media. Yep. Check out the friends at Whale Tail Media. We love um, our boy Wales, Tony, uh, his whole crew that he has over there. You're getting hitched. You're an artist looking for content, any of that stuff. Check out the friends at Whale Tail Media. And uh, yeah, y'all have been listening to the In the Round podcast.